Hello and welcome. This is Steve with another question and answer session with questions coming from the episode on Abraham. Today's question once again comes from my son Jack, who's a recently baptized adult Christian. And once again, it's a tough one, and it really goes to the heart of the story of Abraham and of the Bible itself. Jack's question is, did the nature of God change between the Old Testament and the New Testament? And Jack comments, but God's age is eternal, seems more likely that the nature of the people writing the Bible changed. Jack, that's an excellent question, and it really goes to the heart of the story of Abraham and of God's message to humanity in the Bible as well. So to answer Jack's question, I've put some of my old legal skills to use, uh, dusted them off and poured through the Bible, spent uh, quite a lot of time locating Bible verses in Old Testament, New Testament, all different books of the Bible, and put them together in a logical order and as short as I could to answer Jack's question. Now, the answer to your question, Jack, based upon these very specific Bible verses that I'll be referencing, is no. No, the nature of God did not change between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Jack, I loved your comment that God's age is eternal. Seems more likely that the nature of the people writing the Bible changed. And to that, I would just add or amplify that the Bible starts with the creation of the universe, proceeds up to what we call the modern age today, and that God has been working on changing humanity, on drawing humanity ever closer to him over those millennia. And that the Bible does make clear that God adapts his words. Uh, uh, His words are not our words, the Bible says. He adapts his language so that we can understand at the various stages of our spiritual development, and that has changed over time. Uh, So yes, the nature of the people who were divinely inspired to write the Bible has changed uh, over the years, and their view of God has changed. But God, God's nature has not changed. And God has always told the truth and has never changed his mind. It has appeared to us from our human perspective that he may have changed his mind, but he has not because, Jack, as you state, God is eternal from the beginning to the end. So let's dive into the Bible verses. And let's start with establishing the biblical fact that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was present throughout the Old Testament. The Old Testament contains the essence of the New Testament, and the New Testament contains the essence of the Old Testament. Jesus is the Father's Son, one part of the Holy Trinity, and he always has been and always will be. And we know this from the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus, 
was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him, Jesus. And without him, nothing was created that was created. And John 1.14, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the biggest difference one might observe between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the law, the Jewish law, as given by God in the Ten Commandments and then elaborated on by Jewish scholars and rabbis over many, many centuries, uh, was given in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul stated that the letter of the law has been replaced by the Holy Spirit. So we look to the exact words of our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. So the Bible clearly shows that there's a continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in fact, they each contain the essence of the other. They're inseparable. And this was recognized by the apostles who cited to and relied on the Old Testament as proof that Jesus is the Messiah and did come to save us and is promised to us in the Old Testament. The book of Acts, chapter 13, lines, uh, verses 32 to 36, contains this beautiful testimony, specifically relying upon verses from the Old Testament. It reads, You are my son. Today I have become your father. That he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. So he says in another psalm, You will not let your holy one see decay. For after David had served by the counsel of God in his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw decay. But he whom God raised up saw no decay. So, based upon these Bible verses, we conclude with confidence that the Old Testament promised Jesus to us, and that promise has been fulfilled. But did the nature of God's being change when he sent his only son to this earth, Jesus, to come be with us? No. God has specifically stated in the Bible that he does not change. The book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 6, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verse 29, Also the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind, 
For he is not a man that he should change his mind. The book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Okay, these Bible verses establish that God's nature and being do not change, that his only son, Jesus Christ, has been together with God at the creation and throughout eternity from beginning to end, and that the Old Testament and the New Testament both contain Jesus, both are consistent with each other, both have the same essence to them. But one might ask, what about Bible passages where God apparently does change his mind? The story of Abraham, for example, where God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, but then had an angel stop the sacrifice at the last moment. And we saw Abraham bargaining with God on behalf of any righteous people that might be in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, these are just two of similar examples in the Bible of God apparently changing during his interactions with people. And we'll go through a few more. What, what about those? Well, let's address that issue first by looking at the Word of God in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. That reads as follows. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now, in this beautiful passage, James really sums up the issue in a nutshell. God does not change like shifting shadows, but he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, Jesus, our second birth, through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Well, what a fascinating choice of words, first fruits. Because we know who is the first fruits of those who sleep. Well, it's Jesus, of course. But here God has told James that we too are a kind of first fruits of all God has created. And he's in the process of creating us. And he's in the process of drawing us ever closer to him. And we are changing. We are changing. And therefore, our view of God is changing. Our view of God is changing as we draw ever closer to him. So let's review a number of the major stories where God appears to human beings to have changed his mind, keeping in mind that God has told us he created the universe from beginning to end. He knows everything that ever has happened, ever will happen, the beginning, the end, and everything in between. He knows all of that. So let's please look in these passages about apparent changes of God's mind. 
what was he concerned about? Well, he was concerned about the process of the spiritual progress of humanity and in changing that. Let's start with the great flood with Noah. Genesis chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. Well, that seems to be a change of mind, but then let's look. What happened next? Why, in the very next chapter, chapter 7, verse 1, the Lord said to Noah, You and your entire household go into the ark, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me among this generation. So Noah and his family became the original remnant, the original remnant. And the word remnant appears a number of times throughout the Bible. The few who will be saved uh, when the, the many unrighteous have perished and on repeated occasions throughout the Bible. So when the Lord, does the Lord relent of his intention to destroy humanity? No, he is influencing us and changing our minds about him. He is using the threat of destruction and the threat of death to underline. He has set before us, I have set before you life and death, so choose life. That's his whole point. We, he wants us to choose life. In the book of Amos, chapter 7, the Lord was so furious with the Israelites that he determined to destroy them by locusts. Uh, but then the book of Amos says, The Lord changed his mind about this. It shall not be, said the Lord. Well, the words and quotes of the Lord are, It shall not be. And, and the person who wrote the Bible interpreted it uh, through, through divine inspiration. Uh, it was given to him to understand the Lord changed his mind about this. But the words in quotes are, it shall not be. That was on locusts and then on fire. The Lord again in the book of Amos chapter 7, again determined to destroy by fire, changed his mind about that. And then he decided instead to exile the Israelites out of Israel, exile all of them. So God created us with the blessing of free will, and he set before us life and death, but often we err and choose the path that leads to death instead. But God wants us to live. He wants us to live. So he often intervenes to lead us back to him. And from our perspective, this may appear to be changed, but we must remember that God knows the beginning and the end of his creation and everything in between. It is we who are changing, not God. As God told us in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 30, Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways says the Sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all your offenses. Then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone. 
declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. So we know the Bible reveals that God has a divine plan and it will be done. The book of Isaiah, chapter 46, chapters uh, verses 9 through 11. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Well, part of God's plan for his will, as I can tell you personally, he breaks us to save us. He breaks us to save us. The book of Psalms, chapter 102, verses 23 to 28. In the course of my life, he broke my strength. He cut short my days. So I said, do not take me away, my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They, the heavens, will perish, but you remain. They, the heavens, will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. The heavens will be discarded, but you remain the same, and your years never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. So God breaks us to save us. He broke me to save me. I'll be addressing that in later episodes. Now, I've mentioned several times in this episode that God is eternal, as Jack pointed out. He knows everything from beginning and end. He knows how things are going to turn out. He knows he gave us free will, but he knows what we're going to do because he stands outside of time and space. He created time and space. He knows everything from beginning to end. How do we know that from the Bible? How do we know that from the Bible? Let's look at the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. And this really goes into the question of predestination. Are, do we really have free will if everything's predestined? The mystery is, yes, we do, but God knows what we're going to do. The Bible, the book of Ephesians, 
chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. God is constantly working to draw us ever closer to him. He is omniscient and eternal. We are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's from James 4.14. Our only hope is in God.